from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for week commencing August the 18th, 2013. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Brian. How's your week been? Can't complain. Just uh, answering all of those fan letters from our last uh, uh, recording last week. So uh, keep them coming. Yeah, and we hope that uh, Graham is having a good, uh, good time off too. All right, Brian, um, we start off this morning again with uh, Phil Waite, VK2ASD. Last week, we announced the ACMA's decision not to continue with the high-power variation for advanced-level radio amateurs. Since then, as you can imagine, we have received quite a lot of correspondence from WIA members who are disappointed. We very much appreciate their feedback and concern. The ACMA have published a statement on their website outlining the reasons for their decision and we have placed a news item on our homepage containing a link to that ACMA story. As I mentioned last week, the WIA intends to reopen this issue with the ACMA in about 12 months' time. But we can only do that if we can show a significant change in the level of radio amateurs' awareness of the EMR issues. To this end, the WIA intends to run an education campaign and I hear that some clubs are already planning talks and presentations on the EMR issue. We strongly encourage all clubs to promote awareness of the EMR issues as they relate to amateur radio. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, for the WIA. Thank you, Phil, for those comments. Okay, it's across to Alara and uh, some information on their upcoming event. Hi, this is Shirley, VK5YL, speaking on behalf of our Alara Contest Manager, Leslie, VK5LOL, who is in the back blocks of Queensland or New South Wales at the moment. Just a reminder to please be active on air during our Alara Contest next weekend, Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th of August. The times are between the hours of 0400 UTC and 1359 UTC on both days. We hope to hear lots of YLs, along with OMs and clubs, participating this year. For the contest rules, check out the Alara webpage at www.alara.org.au. You can earn an extra 10 points if you manage to catch Leslie, VK5LOL, out in the Wild East during the contest. Hope to be able to chat to some of you soon. Oh, and don't forget to check out Echolink, as well as 2 metres. 33 and 73 from Shirley, VK5YL. Thank you, Shirley. And everybody here hopes that everybody listening gets involved with that contest. Moving on to hands across Australia, starting with VK3, East Gippsland Monthly Meeting Invitation, Ian VK3, TCX from the East Gippsland Amateur Radio Club would like to advise all interested local amateurs, in fact all interested amateurs, that at the club's monthly meeting on Saturday the 26th of August, Brian VK3 Triple B will be giving a presentation on the D-Star technology, both to provide information on this mode. He will demonstrate its use and will be exploring the possibility of establishing a D-Star hotspot in the Bairnsdale area. Amateurs interested in participating 
perhaps using this mode should bring along a flash drive for relevant software to be supplied. Meetings at the club rooms at the East Gippsland Maker Space, 25 Morgan Street, Bansdale, commencing at 1.30pm, and everyone's welcome to head along on the Sunday, the 26th of August. Hey, Rob, you've heard of uh, Maker Spaces before? Yeah, it's uh, very uh, popular here in uh, VK3. I know that there's uh, the the group out in East Gippsland. I think it's an old school or something that they're using as their uh, club rooms. So, uh, no, very good. Good to get involved in uh, something like that. And it leads into the next story. And on Election Day, well, here's something you can do. Other than uh, watching the TV, waiting for the results of the election... The popular homebrew construction group meetings are held at the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, on the first Saturday of each month at 2pm. It's surprising the number of topics each meeting reveals, and the last one was no exception. From medium wave to an amplifier for 1296 MHz moon bounce activity, microwave circuit design and wire antenna deployments by kite. The first mini-newsletter produced by Ian Downey, VK3LA, was recently featured on the WIA broadcast and brought some well-deserved compliments. The second edition will be distributed soon to e-members who have ticked the Homebrewers Group box on their subscription page on the Amateur Radio Victoria website. To find the page, click on the Members tab at the top of the home page and then Renew Membership. Log in and tick the box. It's just that easy. Ian, VK3LA, has many interesting ideas to share from his extensive worldwide review of websites. Comments and requests can be sent to the group at www.homebrew at amateurradio.com.au. Despite the Federal Election Day, the next meeting will be held on Saturday, September the 7th at 2pm. And now some news from VK4, an everyday ham hero rides for charity. Today, the 18th of August, a group of two-wheel jockeys set out from the Byron Bay in northern New South Wales on the Great Australian Ride. VK4KEV can really say, I'm Kevin, I'm from Queensland, and I'm here to help. Kev hails from the town of Widgee, west of Gympie. Check out thegreataustralianride.com for more info. With a love of motorbikes and amateur radio, Kev has already raised almost $5,000 and the riders hope to beat the record of $137,000 from last year. The charity to benefit the SIDS and Kids organisation. You can also check out facebook.com slash KevHelpingSIDS. The local radio clubs are supporting VK4KEV in his fundraising with the Gympie Communications and Radio Group, making a substantial donation from members and Maryborough Electronics and Radio Group being a sponsor with Kev's Beamer supporting the club logo. After each day's ride, Kev proposes to call on 40, around 7.045 plus or minus QRM during the daylight and sunset, and then 15 metres on 21.308. A commemorative QSL card will be available also. Updates to operating skeds will be posted on VK4KEV's QRZ page, and details will be being updated by the capable XYL Godron VK4FWIT. Check details on this and the links included in the text edition of the news. Discussion point. What's the main focus of your club? Here's Bob, VK6POP. What's the main focus of your club? Chances are your club will have a constitution and near the beginning of that document will be listed a set of one or more objects. The objects are an outline of why the club was formed in the first place. The rest of the document is about good management of the club. A good measure of how your club is going is to list the objects from your constitution and have an honest discussion about whether or not your club is doing what it should be doing. 
So what if you aren't doing what it says in the objects? In simple terms, it means one of two things. Either you need to take a long, hard look at your club's activity program, or you should review your constitution because your objects may be out of date. I'll deal with the former rather than the latter, because the latter option would be a huge project. If you believe that your club isn't meeting the objects in its constitution, it's time to take a look at what you are doing. In fact, your constitution's objects must embrace the club's activities. To achieve this without restricting creativity, however, the object should be fairly broad and not a list of specific activities. So now we've sorted out your objectives, what does your club spend its energy on? What occupies most of your time at the club? The first suspect on my list is meetings. The business part of any club ought to be dealt with by short committee meetings with minutes circulated to members. Any business out of the ordinary can be taken to a broader group of members, however the day-to-day -day mundane stuff about paying the rent, power bills etc. is for the committee. So having relieved general members of the drudgery of meetings, there's plenty of time to engage the members in club activities. These can be instructional, information sharing, maintenance and construction of antennas etc. and yes, playing with the radios. By a simple process of doing away with the unnecessary and replacing it with the fun stuff, your club will become focused, more interesting and members will enjoy attending. I'm Bob, VK6POP. And now to international news with thanks to the IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide resources of the WIA. Bob Grove explains the demise of monitoring times. As I reported last week, Bob Grove, WHJHD founder, editor and publisher of Monitoring Times magazine, has announced his and the magazine's retirement. Now in a one-on-one -on -one video interview, Ham Radio Now's Gary Pierce, KN4AQ, finds out why Bob's retirement also means an end to the magazine. It's a very interesting conversation that will give a lot of insight into Bob Grove's thinking and putting his popular magazine to bed. To find out, take your web browser to tinyurl.com forward slash monitoring-times-says-goodbye. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Now in the broadcast monitoring, shortwave listening and scanner news, we have a broadcasting standards story from over the other side in ZL. A New Zealand radio station has been ordered to apologise on the air for abusing and insulting local councillors as well as a rival radio broadcaster. This after the nation's Broadcasting Standards Authority ruled that Cruise FM Waikato must express regret for unfair comments made about South Waikato District Council members, Classic Hits Radio and its staff in two broadcasts late last year. The Broadcasting Standards Authority found that while host and owner Johnny Dryden and another councillor were broadly discussing issues of public interest, their comments went beyond in what could be considered acceptable. Also, that they had the potential to be very damaging to the individual's reputations. The Broadcasting Standards Authority went on to note that Dryden made comments that were not related to their public or professional duties, but were personally abusive and insulting. Cruise FM has been ordered to pay the Crown 2,500 New Zealand dollars to cover its costs in the matter. It must broadcast an apology for the unfair treatment within a month. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachins at L2BHF 
on the South Island in Nelson, New Zealand. What use is an F-Call? So you've got your shiny new F-Call license. Now what? Where do you go to get your kit? What do you buy and how much should you spend? Let me start with the amount of money you should spend. It's your hobby, your wallet and your budget. You can get a radio for $20 or $2,000. It all depends on how much you can afford. What I can tell you about money is that the radio is only one part of the purchase. If I look at my own setup, less than 30% of what I spent went to the radio. My antenna represents nearly 40%. Power supply comes in at 20% and the balance was spent on tools like a crimper and accessories like a remote microphone. I must point out that this is for a setup that can work all bands. The antenna part of the budget consists of two antennas, a ready-made one and an antenna tuner, squid pole mount and a homemade ground plane with antenna wire. I thought that it would be interesting to gather some statistics from other amateurs and I've put up a survey on the HARG site under the F-Troop section at harg.org.au That's hotelalpharomeogolf.org.au to gather some data on this and to see if what I spent was as representative as I think it is. Based on the results so far, I spent less than the average on my radio and more on my antenna, and as I suspected, I spent too much money on my power supply, the one I don't use very often. But I have two, batteries and 240 volts regulated, so we'll see how that turns out for me. Feel free to fill in the survey and see how your spend compares to that of the average. The purpose of me telling you all this is to give you a sense of how much of your budget might be allocated to different parts. As one respondent to the survey said, what budget? Again, this is your hobby, your wallet and your decision. You can spend as much or as little as you want. For me, I spent lots on my antenna because I figured I'd be broadcasting with 10 watts. I'd better make sure it actually gets out. I already spent much time experimenting with other amateurs, their radios and antennas. I expect to do more of it. Back to the topic at hand. What do you buy and where? The two are related. I could spend the next hour telling you about all the places you should look, but that list is ever-changing. A better way to do this is to talk to other amateurs and discuss this with them. There are many websites that have amateur radio reviews and opinions, which will give you a guide as where to look and where to avoid. Personally, I've purchased from several suppliers and used the eHAM website as a guide to getting a range of views on a particular piece of kit. I'm not going to highlight any particular supplier other than to say I purchased all my kit, except for my crimping tool, locally here in Australia. I chose my suppliers based on discussions I had with each of them, discussions I had with some of the amateurs I'd met, and I took my time. I received my license in December and I started spending money in March. The time in between I spent doing research. Finally, something that took me by surprise. When I bought my radio and antenna, I wasn't done spending money. I had to organise a power supply, wiring, fuses, connectors, coax cable, crimping tools, mounts, antenna hardware, multimeter and things like a clipboard, a logbook and other paraphernalia. What I'm saying is 40% of my spend was on things other than the radio and the antenna. So leave some money in the kitty. 
I'm Ono, VK6, Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. And now to operational news, Dateline 2013. A reminder again of the Alara contest on the weekend of August the 24th and the 25th, and in 2014, the VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint, that's on May the 3rd, and the 1010 International Summer Contest, that's on August the 2nd and 3rd. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. ILLW 2013 is another record year. This weekend has about 500 registered groups going portable and actively supporting the 16th Annual Lighthouse Lightship Weekend. They'll be busily engaging in a QSO or calling CQ Lighthouse Weekend on request and will tell you a little bit about their location history. Hundreds of radio amateurs in nearly 50 countries will enjoy being at a lighthouse, lightship or maritime beacon and explaining the joys of amateur radio to visitors. The fun event aims to raise public awareness of old maritime navigational structures, spread international goodwill and promote amateur radio. More than 80 are in Australia and New Zealand. The Americas and Asia has 100 each, while 150 are registered in Europe. For a complete country listing, visit the dedicated website www.illw.net. Get on the air and join many thousands of others globally finding out how many you can contact. As well, some offer special QSL cards. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Ham TV heads to the ISS. A Japanese HTV-4 cargo vessel carrying the new ham TV gear was successfully launched to the International Space Station Saturday, August 3rd. Once activated, the primary mission of ham TV is to perform contacts between the astronauts on the ISS and school students by adding real-time video to the current voice-only QSOs within the ARIS program. The European Space Agency's Columbus module on the ISS will host the 2.4 GHz video transmitting station in addition to the existing 2-metre FM amateur radio station. The new equipment can broadcast images from the ISS during the school contacts or download other pre-recorded video images up to 24 hours a day. The IARU Amateur Satellite Frequency Coordination Panel has announced the frequencies of 2422 MHz and 2437 MHz for the use by the Ham TV project. It is currently planned to transmit using the DVB-S signal format with 10 watts of power. More about the project on the web at tinyurl.com forward slash ISS-HAM-TV. Thailand's first ham radio satellite. The Thailand Amateur Radio Satellite Group are developing their very first satellite called JSAT-1, that's J-A-I-S-A-T-1. The group hoped to complete the satellite by the end of 2015 and plans include a 145 to 435 MHz linear transponder for SSB-CW communications, APRS, a packet bulletin board system and a high-definition camera for imaging. The Radio Amateur Society of Thailand, RAST, carries an article about the satellite on their English language website. This link is in the text edition of this news broadcast, along with the Thai language site in Google English, again in the text edition. Still in space, the AMSAT Droid Free Smartphone Satellite Tracking App 
An app for Android smartphones predicts future passes for amateur radio satellites for a specified location and period of time. Basic features include it calculates passes for the next 24 hours, a graphical pass display, map view showing current satellite position and the next two orbits. It updates KEPS directly from the web or from a file on an SD card. And you can set your home coordinates in the user input for Latin Long or IARU locator, your network or your GPS. Links for how to download this for your Android or Apple and Windows versions in the text edition of this week's news. Worldwide special interest groups rescue radio. Hams in India again respond to monsoon flooding. Hams in India are reportedly once again on the front lines. This, as another series of heavy rains on August the 4th, led to landslides hit the high mountain range area of Odiki and adjoining districts of Kerala. At airtime, nine people have lost their lives and scores of others are reported missing from the monsoon-saturated areas. Word is that the ham radio response is centred on 7.080 MHz for long-distance communications with VHF being used within the storm-devastated region. Iduki is described as an agricultural area where most people operate small farms. Reports say that the region has suffered heavy crop and property loss due to the flooding. More information about the current situation on what's happening is on the web, again in the text edition of this news service. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. And finally this week, hams involved in future emergency communication setups where no form of power is available might want to plan on bringing some hamsters along. Yes, we said hamsters. Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, has the rest of the story. Researchers at the Georgia Institute of Technology are indeed looking at hamsters as subjects capable of producing electricity by wearing a power-generating jacket, if you will, that responds to the animal's movements. Wait, don't tune us out yet. This is real. In fact, it's research supported by your tax dollars, courtesy of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, also known as DARPA, the Department of Energy, and the Air Force. According to the online news service Science Daily, at the heart of the experiment is use of nanotechnology to harness this new source of energy. The researchers claim that they can convert any mechanical disturbance or even irregular biomechanical energy into electricity. Now, let's see. So that means a little hamster fitted with one of those special jackets, wonder how they keep the darn things on, runs on a wheel in his cage and produces small amounts of electricity, maybe enough to spark something. Hmm. Well, that's as far as I'm going to go in this science lesson. Oh, wait, there's more. The researchers say that even tapping on your BlackBerry or cell phone keypad can produce small amounts of electricity. Does that mean I have to put on one of those funny nano jackets on my finger? The Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V, in Philadelphia. The bottom line, those furry little creatures that have some kids as pets may one day be the answer to all of our emergency communications power needs. Then again, maybe not. Fourth APT Workshop on Disaster Management and Communications. Chairman of IARU Region 3, Mr. Gopal Madhavan, VU2GMN, along with Ramon Ankilan, DU1UGZ of Philippines Amateur Radio Association, attended and delivered a presentation to the 4th Asia-Pacific Telecommunity Workshop on Disaster Management and Communications in Pasay City, Philippines, on 23rd to the 25th of July. 
Many questions were asked of the presenters and well-informed responses provided. The APT appreciated the high quality of the presentation on amateur radio emergency communications and acknowledged the presentation was very well received by the delegates and added good value to the content of the workshop. APT further requested the continued support and expertise of the amateur radio community through the IARU Region 3 in future APT work programs. The workshop was sponsored by the Department of Science and Technology and the presence of the IARU was specially mentioned during the opening ceremony. The ITU were also present at the conference. There were a variety of presentations covering topics such as forecasting impending disasters, warning systems using SMS to mobiles, etc. IARU Region 3 appreciated the opportunity to contribute to the further understanding of the wider community the role that amateur radio can play in providing communications during major disruptions to citizens in times of disasters. And to VK1 and VK1 Weissen and some dates for the rest of 2013. On Saturday the 5th and Sunday the 6th of October, it's the Brookvale Horse Endurance Ride, and this year's event will include a 120km ride as well as the 80 and 40km rides. Then on Saturday the 12th of October, it's the LCCC Car Rally. We don't have any details for that one yet. Sunday, October the 20th, the Battle of the Beasts mountain bike ride at Namangi National Park. And on Sunday, October the 27th, it's Fitz's Challenge bike ride. Then, Saturday the 2nd of November, the BMSC Tumut Rally, Bondo State Forest. And lastly, Sunday the 2nd of December, or a date to be confirmed, BMSC Rally de Femme. Well, we're nearly done here, Rob. Had a couple of audio drop-ins there, so you haven't heard much of us today. Final thing for me to say is the social scene. September 14th, VK4, Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Sunfest, 9am, October 3rd to 7th. Still in VK4, North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention, Charters Towers. To the Red Fest, October 5th in VK4 by Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club at St Michael's College in Kimpulchuff, starting from 9. Down to VK3 on October 20th, the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamvention. On November 2nd in VK4, Gold Coast ARS Hamfest at Albert Waterways Hall. November 3rd, the next day in VK5, Hamfest Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Goodwood. Victoria National Parks Weekend in VK3 from November 15 to 17. And don't forget, November 24th in VK3, the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club's Rosebud Hamfest. All right, Warren, well, we've come to the end of the news, and uh, thanks again to Graham, VK4 Baker Baker, for letting us have the spot for the last couple of weeks. And, Graham, we uh, trust you enjoyed your uh, short break. So, uh, again, as we always say on WIA National News, we've reported, and you can decide. Thanks again. We've reported, you decide.